Welcome back to a brand new episode of The Talk, the podcast about changing the world from Nordea private banking. I'm Walter Nesland, and today I succeeded in getting one of Denmark's most interesting entrepreneurs on the phone to discuss the future of the job market, and not only for the high-end consultants and freelancers, but for the much larger blue-collar sectors, where even small improvements in efficiency can have a huge impact. His company, Meploy, is working on solutions for this using automation and machine learning, and their ambitions are grand, to say the least. Here is the founder and CEO of Meploy, Michael Bugai. It seems like you have a lot of people working for you. What is, why is that? What what do you do? What is Meploy? Well, Meploy in a way, it's... uh... The medium long story it that is a journey so i discovered that uh, while living in paris a couple of years ago it was quite difficult to hard to find a way to earn money legally and not being kind of part of a gig work community where you don't have any insurance we're not sure you get paid um and at the same time realizing that we have an unemployment rate of 20 percent uh, amongst young people in europe so I wanted to figure out a way of solving that. Uh, it might sound a bit naive, but I thought there must be ways that you can combine technology, um, a smart business, uh, profitable business, uh, with a pretty good cause. And that was Meeplus. So Meeplus has always been a purpose-driven company where we aim to solve unemployment, uh, primarily for young people. It started off as a gig platform uh, and then have today become a completely digital temp agency uh, where we're striving to automate all types of processes from recruitment to staffing to planning to invoicing to uh, ensuring that we can deliver replacements uh, within minutes for companies and yeah so we're basically still on the journey to figure out ways of creating new types of work for many people yeah so i guess unemployment is basically an how should we put it, an inefficiency in the job market? Unemployment is needed for the job market to be effective. So you you cannot have zero unemployment because then there's no competition. So you don't want to reach, a society doesn't want to have, it's paradoxical in itself, but you don't want to have zero unemployment rate. Uh, But the challenge is that the labor market, the way it's constructed, it's dominated by an idea of an industrial society. And today we value even more today than ever flexibility you don't want to necessarily be able to have to go to a place nine to five and work uh, within the white collar jobs it's easy to specialize yourself within something and be able to kind of dictate your life uh, more in the way you would like to or prefer to uh, within blue collar is not the same because you're bound to schedules you're bound to production lines you're bound to order flows and you don't you cannot achieve the same type of flexibility but uh, if you manage to break up what it means of full-time employment into shifts and different types of companies or income streams, you can suddenly start earning money different ways that is equivalent to a full-time salary. And I think that's what's things so interesting for the future is that I think the future of work should be kind of more looked into as a future of income. Because today you can rent out your car, you can rent your house, you can earn money uh, trading stocks. Uh, you can speculate on bitcoins. There's so many ways in that sense that you can earn. And I think that is kind of overseen 
in how we look at labor today. So I think that's one of the fascinating aspects that we also want to kind of help with. So does Meeploy focus mainly on blue collar work? Yes, uh, predominantly within uh, warehouse, logistics, manufacturing and uh, production companies. And what do you see? How is the work market different today from when the legislation around the work market was created? Uh, it depends on how far you go back, right? So it's very the Nordics, of course, is very different to many other com- countries uh, because we have a strong labor union presence. So in Denmark, for example, Uh, the Ministry of Labor does not dictate the laws of the labor market. It's handed in three-party negotiations. And it's uh, it's a brilliant model in many ways because it ensures uh, a lot of flexibility in terms of uh, the market. Uh, it allows to for quick actions because it's not a political decision. Uh, but it also creates a situation where it's us against them. And I think herein lies one of the big problems and challenges ahead for how we organize the labor market in the Nordics. And then you have other markets like UK, where it's way more relaxed in terms of uh, labor laws. Uh, they even have a worker this, uh, status that is different from many other com- uh, European countries. Uh, and that way, there isn't kind of one labor market or one law that dictates how things are, but each country has their own ways of organizing the labor force. And you are focused primarily on Denmark now, right? Or are you going to other countries? Oh, for sure. Uh, the idea is a bit to use the free mobility. So we have already enormous Uh, how to call it, flows of workers between countries, uh, especially within the construction industry. Uh, we can see some kind of Ricardian specialization. So Denmark, old, all the Nordics, we are focused much more on higher educations, white collar type of labor. Uh, while in the south and east of Europe, uh, it's not moving in the same way, which means that we have a lot of workforce helping us with uh, the sh- not shortcomings, but the lacks of specialization that we have here. Uh, so we don't simply don't have enough workers to be able to perform the types of projects that we want to do. So we need to import the workforce. Uh, and that opens a big opportunity for the mobility. So can we create one umbrella over Europe to start with where companies or a person can see where there are available jobs and then be insured through our platform Uh, to work under a contract with us, ensure that you get paid as you're supposed to, according to the laws, help fixing bank accounts, uh, insurance, and all those places so that you can only worry about going and working and we take care of everything else around it. Specifically or exactly, how does your service work? Could you describe that in a brief way? So for companies, it is in principle just like a temp agency. What exactly is a temp agency? You have, let's say you need five people, uh, you can call in or email in and ask for uh, those five persons, either specify exactly who you want or which competence they need. And then basically they get uh, booked and sent over to you. The difference with us is that we have built a platform where you can do the booking and choosing yourself which means that we can always help you optimize the workforce to ensure that we can show you the best available workers or your favorite workers or the ones that have done specific tasks with you before. And that way we can help you with ensuring that you always get the best team uh, given what it is that you need. 
so for companies, it's uh, quite uh, the main focus is to help them optimize the workforce and ensure quick deliverability in a way that temp agencies cannot because they're driven by manual processes. Uh, for workers, uh, it's the difference is, of course, that your phone becomes your agency. So instead of being reliable of having to go for interviews to a location, maybe it could be another city, um, you have to be in the schedule of the temp agency or the recruiter. You can do everything on wherever you are, at home or at a cafe, if that suits you. You can do the interviews by phone. Uh, you can handle all the different tests and everything is just available and accessible 24-7, um, which means that uh, you have a transparency level that you have not with the temp agency. Uh, and in the same way, you can also see your salaries, you understand your benefits, uh, you can see how uh, when your pay is going to come. In the future, you will be able to get your pay quicker than normal monthly payments. And we give you that sense of control. So you're almost like a freelancer, but you're employed by us. And then, of course, uh, we're way cheaper than temp agencies. I think a company can save between 20 and 50% on fees, uh, given that we automate most processes. And for the workforce, we actually share 10% of our profits with them. Um, so that way we can ensure that we have the higher salaries on the market. Now, I was going to ask you about that, because I saw that on your website that you actually share 10%. Uh, and you create, you create almost like a, a club or a community around it. So, first of all, most people don't want to be part of a community. Uh, and it's with that insight, we built our community. <laughs> um, so, I think it's interesting to kind of see how corporates develop. And it's so, what I don't like about the development, for example, with companies like Deliveroo or Uber, Um, is that they don't include the workforce. Uh, they're just delivering a service for someone else and they're just facilitating it. We're trying to take another look at it and saying, no, we have a responsibility for the people that do the work. Uh, in the end, we are as good as they are. Um, so why don't become more inclusive? And how do you build a more inclusive company when everything is in the cloud? Well, it's to make sure they're participating in the company and in the benefits of it. So that's why uh, we've calculated, uh, well, we know our contributions margins and everything. So we know exactly what we make and that way it can easily uh, create a program where we share 10% of everything we make, we give back to the workforce. And it's done simply by community bonus. So you unlock cash. So you mine your money. So a bit like the whole Bitcoin idea is that you mine your hour, you work an hour, you get a mint, so a coin. And then once you have 500 coins, you, the 100 coins, you can transfer that to 500 kroners, Danish kroners. And that way you unlock it. And for example, you can use that, you can work as a recruiter on the platform, meaning you can refer friends. And if they earn, uh, if they start working, get employed, then you get even more coins and can that way earn extra money. And that's a way for us to create another income stream for the work pool that we have. And also a way of spreading spreading the word right yes fifty uh, percent of everybody that joins meploy today does it through a recommendation of someone that's actually working on the platform uh, that's brilliant is there anybody else have that model in your industry yeah we've not in the so not in the traditional industry uh, to my knowledge but there are platforms in other countries that have uh, similar models and we got this idea from looking into 
I think it was called Juno in New York. Uh, they wanted to create an alternative to Uber where they shared the profits with the drivers. And uh, of course, both Lyft and Uber has referral programs. So it's quite common to have the types of engines in order to motivate uh, the ones that you already are using you in order to promote your business for others. So we've taken, I see the world as a smorgasbord. So, I mean, people have so much brilliant ideas. Uh, it's not stupid to reinvent the wheel. Uh, take whatever works in other businesses, in other industries, and then adapt it to your context and make it work within um, the situation you're in. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what the music industry have always done. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> So, okay, so you, we're in this pandemic now and uh, in a way, I don't want to talk about it because it's boring. We've been talking about it for so long. But on the other hand, it really must affect your work quite a bit, right? A lot. So we saw, for example, cohorts from last, from during 2019 and 2020, we saw a dip in business 90% uh, for our previous cohorts. So meaning all old clients just completely stopped. Luckily, we had onboarded a lot of new companies within the industrial segment and they were not affected by it in the same way. So we actually grew last year. Uh, so while the industry in general fell between 30 and 50 percent, our company grew 50 percent. Uh, that is, of course, not great uh, in terms of we want to grow 200, 300 percent per year. Uh, but given the circumstances, we're quite happy with the results. And... Now we're still growing approximately 50% month by month uh, compared to last year in the same period. So we're satisfied by it, but not extremely happy, of course. How did it all start for you? You came up with this idea uh, while traveling and seeing things in other parts of the world. But uh, if, if we start from the beginning here, what is, uh, what is the story of you? So I'm born in Stockholm, uh, two Polish parents. Uh, I realized very late in my life that they were actually entrepreneurs uh, because they had a cleaning company and I never saw that as an entrepreneurial drive, but they actually built their own company. I uh, was the classical misfit, uh, second generation immigrant. Uh, so I quite quickly realized that I wanted to find somewhere else to live. So I moved to France when I was 19 already and stayed there for many years and thought that finance was the big thing because that's where everybody was going in my context. Uh, realized that was not really my dream and numbers was not kind of what it is that I wanted to do and discovered the world of advertising and suddenly realized that that's quite interesting because you can work with influence, uh, you can work with understanding behaviors, uh, you can actually work with Uh, strategies, uh, planning, and fell in love with that and decided to go towards that industry. So I moved back to Stockholm and started working at another agency for five, six years. Uh, and then I got headhunted by a French agency, so moved back to Paris and then came into the classical, um, how to call it, a realization that it's incredibly what other people's earn on me. <laughs> so uh, why can't I do it myself? Like, why can I take all of this work and all the hours? Because I've always been a person that works six, seven days a week and I love working. I mean, that's what I really love to do. So how can I put all of that energy and effort into something that I can propel instead? 
and started a company in France, in Paris. Uh, I attacked the hotel industry, meaning that, or not attacked the hotel industry, but we realized that the online travel agencies, Expedia, Hotels.com, have such a monopoly or oligopoly on the bookings. Uh, so how can we help the hotels break loose from that? And how can we help them ensure better experiences for their guests so that they guests return to them and then book their stay directly with them instead of going through the OTAs? And that was kind of my first venture and kind of idea into it. And once you start being able to realize that you can build a company, I think it's very hard to go back and do something else. And uh, that uh, worked okay. Uh, I ended up, or my girlfriend ended up being pregnant. So I moved to Denmark. She was Danish. And I had that idea of kind of how do you solve unemployment? And I wanted to figure out how to do it. So I worked, uh, came back to advertising for a year. And at the same time, started working on Meeploy together with um, some friends and ended up launching it back in 2016. Yeah, we we uh we're trying to have people on the show from all the Nordic countries, and with your mixed background, and since you're in Denmark now, I counted you as a as a Dane. No, I'm European. I, it's like everybody's asked me where I'm from, and I always say I'm European. And I love Europe. Uh, I love the kind of multicultural facade, uh, not facade, but. Um, I love the fact that we're so different in all of our countries, and I think that's the beauty of Europe. And the diversity between our cultures is what creates all of those amazing entrepreneurs in Europe. Uh, because we can explain, uh, experience such different things by just traveling between two countries. I mean, Dan Danes and Swedes are not at all similar, by no means. <laughs> uh, we have different work cultures, we have different priorities. Uh, we have politics that are completely different in the way they work. And it's fascinating that we have this uh, amazing opportunity as Europeans to just travel around and experience it all. So how do you feel it's different uh, running a company in Copenhagen as compared to Sweden, for example, or, or France? Let's so start with from, Sweden. I guess we're very different, right? Yes, Sweden, it, uh, I think it's mostly the work culture uh, Of course, my background is in advertising and advertising the industry is known for having a lot of challenges with people working a lot both voluntarily and involuntarily in denmark is not the same challenge it seems because it seems that people work nine to five and then they focus on something else uh, so i always joke that in france it is work you live in the nordics you have more that idea of you live to work Uh, but in France, you definitely have more work to live. So the work gives you money to be able to spend time and buy wine and cheese, to be a bit stereotypical. Um, and in Denmark, I think it's a pretty good balance between that. So as an entrepreneur, of course, and me as a person who is prone to work a lot, it could be quite frustrating to start a company where you have a different mentality on the labor market. At the same time, I think it's good because no good idea comes after working for 10 hours straight. <laughs> All the good ideas comes from the time when you relax or when you leave the business and uh, are just engaged in the business in a different way. And I think that's uh, one of the kind of learnings I had in my life. So uh, I think the differences are a bit the work culture and expectations of what work is. 
Um, Bureaucracy-wise, it's approximately the same. I don't think there's any difference. I think we're lucky in the Nordics, which many don't understand, how lucky we are that the government is our friend. They're not here to get you. They're here to help you to succeed. Uh, whilst in France, that's the opposite. It feels there's no cooperation between the governmental instances, which means that you spend days in administration uh, of rudimentary problems and uh, you almost don't see any end of it. So that is a big hurdle to do anything. And of course, uh, then you have, of course, the dif differences in terms of flexibility of the workforce, managing ups and downs. So if, for example, Corona is, if it has shown anything, is the need for companies to be able in an extreme quick way reduce their cost in order to avoid bankruptcies. And I think the Nordic model is pretty good adapted towards that. Yeah, and so is uh, your company, right? You you help people being flexible in their workforce. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So wh where do you see Meeploy in uh, five years? And where do you see the job market in five years? Where do you think we are going? So I think we are definitely experiencing a boom in freelancers. So people, instead of... Um, I mean, no company needs to have a full-time SEO expert. Um, they need a lot of different thinkings around that. Uh, so I think there's a lot of development towards that, that people start their own uh, companies and using, for example, platforms to find work or other types of agents. Uh, the other thing is that the temp world or the temp industry will grow a lot as well uh, because due to the fact that now we are towards the end of a crisis, um, I think we're a bit more cautious in employing, which means that we are looking for more flexible solutions, not to end up in a similar situation pre-crisis. And I think, I mean, already before the crisis started, uh, the global temp market is a $440 billion economy. So it's, it's huge or industries, more the correct word, I guess. And it was estimated to grow 6% over the next uh, five years. And if anything, I think we're going to see an acceleration in that. And I think the opening of more uh, flexible ways uh, in reaching the workforce, like through not just traditional temp agencies, but more online solution, will open up the market for much smaller players where it becomes more affordable to use. So I definitely see uh, that uh, becoming much, much bigger than it is today. Yeah, and I guess that eventually also makes the job market more efficient as a whole, right? Uh, for companies, definitely. I think the challenge will, of course, be how do we manage this from the workforce? Uh, how do we create the right model to ensure that uh, this is not becoming a super efficient way for companies to be able to just use it for their own benefits? And I think here it comes what I don't think any company has or country has managed to solve yet. How do we create the right model for persons that are constantly in between jobs or changing employers? Um, if there was, for example, one company that had all, uh, uh, let's play with the scenario that Meeploy owns, has every big company in Denmark uh, as a client, meaning that we can then create a schedule for the person saying, now you're going to work two, three weeks here, then you're going to have a day off. Uh, on a Monday and then the next four days you're going to work in this company and then we have an opportunity at that company and then you can create an equivalent to full-time work. The challenge today is that, that that's not how smooth 
the work is, uh, because many companies have different types of suppliers, uh, which means that we cannot organize the opportunities in an easy way. Just in the same way as you want to go from A to B, and suddenly you realize you have 20 different ways of doing that. So what you want is kind of a one API that just manages like what is the best way to get from A to B instead of asking all the different types of country to help, companies to help you with that. Um, so I think that will be a big challenge to figure out how to solve that. How do we remove uh, the obstacles that unfortunately the workers are facing uh, because of the inefficiency of the opportunities? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you can do towards that end. And uh, I'm super happy to uh, have had you on. I think uh, the future is uh, definitely an interesting one, interesting one for you and your company. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this goes. Thank you for listening to The Talk, the podcast about changing the world from Nordea Private Banking. I'm Walter Neslund, and for the rest of this season, I'll be taking you through a total of 12 interviews with the three most interesting entrepreneurs we can think of from the four Nordic countries. And the lineup we have is fantastic. So hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of them. And thanks again. Have a great day.